welcome to episode 312 of Retro Encounter, RPG Fans Weekly Podcast of many topic, topics. Whoops, topics. And uh, I'm Mike Solosi, and we have a somewhat more retro than usual episode for you today, because this game is from 2007-2008 range, but it is about a game from 1988 or 89. Uh, this is East Origin. We're going to talk a lot about East Origin, East 1, and East 2 on this episode. And who am I joined by? Uh, the alternate story path, Audra Bolt. Hello. Nice to be here. So, Audra, uh, I did. Uh, we did talk about this a little bit off-air before we started to record, but I'm going to ask you again. Um, tell me the East games you've played and your impression of the series before getting into East Origin. My East or my East Origin playthrough is actually my first East game. I started. I had done a playthrough when it first released. After that, it was. East 3, Oath and Falgana, I believe it's, and then East 4, Memories of Celsida, and East 9. Right on, and th- that's an interesting path through the series, and I, um, I, this, I, I'm not criticizing you, but I, uh, one thing about the East games is that before 2000, they were incredibly weird to track. Because uh, Falcom licensed different versions of East uh, three and four to different companies, there 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 are two oh, East yeah. four. Yeah, there are two East fours, neither by Falcom, and there was a and their version of East three uh, was called I think Wanderers from East, and it was a two D side scroller. Uh, real weird times, but um in two th- around ninety nine two thousand they remade. Uh, East one and two for a bunch of platforms. You could probably play that. Uh, you can probably play East one in a toaster if it has if it has a monitor on it. Um, refrigerator. And, exactly. But then every East game made after the slew of remakes, basically from East six onwards. Uh, Oath and Falgana was is a remake of East three, and Memories of Salsetta is a remake of East four that incorporates stuff from both of the old East fours. It's it's again again it's a weird time. From then on, they have sort of tried to make East a unified storyline that uh, that is very referential to one another and and you know just so that there's series consistency and an official series canon and not the mess that was the entire 1990s. So why am I going into this over explanation? Um, East origin is so full of East references that uh, we see that both to the past and that ones that get carried on to the future and we're gonna mention, a lot of them in these episodes because I am just here to celebrate East and uh, and to talk about it with you, Audra. And it's sort of fitting that this episode has a male and female co-host because East Origin has male and female main characters. We each bring a different side to the story of East Origin. Uh, there's Unica Tova, who is sort of a tomboy apprentice knight who, uh, despite her girlish figure, wields giant axes and swords. And then uh, there's Hugo Fact, who is a mage uh, that like can fire uh, beams out of his wand like he's a ship in Gradius or Galaga or something with a handful of other spells. And uh, Audra, what was your playthrough like uh, some years ago and how did you approach it this time? Um, well, I was just beginning with East then, so I wasn't quite sure what to make of it at first. And I don't think I even finished my playthrough the first time I played it. So this is my first full going through the tower. And All right. Yep. And uh, and you used Unica, right? Yes. 
I used Unica both times just because I like the whole her story, the knight that can't use magic. Yeah, and so, and uh, especially since she's from one of the one of the six big families, uh, it, the well, I'll get into that a little in a little bit. I used Unica uh, when I played the game originally, and I'm using Hugo now, but I haven't finished the Hugo, my Hugo playthrough. I'm I'm around the halfway point, uh, but we will talk about endings and end game in the next episode. Uh, but the families, um, go back to 1988 or whatever in East One. Um, you're the main character is Adol Kristen. He's investigating a uh, a town. I think it's called Minea or, uh, or 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 Mintia or something. That and he's and he's looking for a lost land called East that was ev- that was evidently there hundreds of years earlier. And he does so by collecting six tomes that were each written by a sage from hundreds of years ago, and then climbing a tower, which is like the entire second half of the game practically. And with the, after collecting the sixth book from the boss of the tower, he is transported to a floating continent. And that is, and then that is East 2. East, and East 2 uh, begins with Adol waking up on this floating continent, realizing that it is East. And East was sort of, uh, was ripped from the earth and f- is, has been floating in the sky for a thousand years. And while, uh, while the sages who wrote those books and the guardian goddesses uh, Fina and Rhea had been waiting in East in, in the on on the surface, like basically as protectors of East. Like like, uh, and we learned this at the beginning of East Origin. Um, uh, there's a conflict with some demons. Uh, the people of East uh, have their con like uh, raise their continent to the sky to escape the demons. The demons build a giant tower to reach uh, to reach East, and but then the uh, a, b- a bunch of knights. And sorcerers from East along uh, are trying to hold off the demons, but the disappearance of Fina and Rhea, their goddesses that are that are worshipped on East, disappear, and uh, Hugo and Unica are part of the search party looking for Fina and Rhea. And uh, the player can choose Unica or uh, Hugo as their uh, uh, player character for East Origin. Zooming back to East One and Two, like Fina and Rhea are regular townspeople in East One. And at near the end of the game, it's revealed that they're goddesses that have been hiding the secret of East for a thousand years. And there is even a slightly romantic undertone between uh, Fina and Adol in particular. Yes. Uh, yeah. I Adol, remember that from the yeah, anime. <laughs> right. Yeah. Adol has a. Adol seems to have between one and four women uh, get a crush, develop a crush on him over the course of every East game. It's he's he has a way with women. He really does. It's, he's the strong, silent type. Uh, and but of course he only has eyes for adventure and maybe Doki. But uh, <laughs> so so East Origin is is a prequel to East One and Two that goes into the that goes into the background of the uh, of what happened to East and who Fina and Rhea are. But also those six books that Edel has to collect in East One are named after the sages that founded the town. And they're all char- most of them are characters in East Origin. One of them is the Book of Tova, which is Unica. One of them is the Book of Fact, which is Hugo. One of them is the Book of Gemma, which is uh, what, which is the name of the guy that upgrades your weapon um, at the uh, at the base of the tower. You, you know what I mean? The guy that you that you give uh, uh, the Claria or two. Yeah, yeah, the guy that you yeah. give the silver to. That's right. And Claria uh, shows up in a bunch of East games. Like you, you get three special Claria swords in East six. Um, in East One, uh, the silver weapons are the second strongest weapons in the game, but they're the only ones that can break through the uh, uh, 
uh, the armor of the final boss. And I should mention, who's the final boss of, of East One? Dark Fact, a descendant of Hugo Fact. And Hugo's moveset from the lasers to the explosions to the, uh, to the Ring of Fire are based on the final boss of East One. Unica's moveset is similar to Adol's in E6 and East Oath and Felgana, which I'm sure you noticed uh, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, and, and Hugo's moveset is based on the final boss of East 1. And that bo- final boss is a nightmare, and it is maybe the most annoying thing about East 1, which is a short, like, three or four hour RPG. But, like, everything from the, how these characters play to their names, to the story setup, to the tower, because again, the, the tower is the final dungeon in East 1, and the the tower is the entirety of the Amonese origin. Uh, it's it's a huge reference, and it's not better or worse to play East One and Two or East Origin first. If you play if you play Origin then One and Two, you'll notice a ton of things in One and Two, and it'll be vice versa if you play them in the reverse order. But it's I think that East Origin, which again is I think the the third big game they did after the East One and Two sort of reboots remakes, is like references and connections are so huge in the falcom of now that uh, again because like every legend of heroes uh, trails game is building on the previous one to which point out to which point i'm worried that it's, it's become a slightly inaccessible series for some but that, that that's a separate conversation uh i i, I can kind of see that <laughs> right yeah it's like it's like oh great i want to play trails where do i start oh there's 14 of them maybe i'll play something else like i'm i'm, I'm worried too many people will have that attitude when the, when those games are mostly really really good, but anyway, back to East. Um, so, Audra, you've seen the anime for East One, but uh, you haven't played them. Was there anything that during your playthrough in East Origin because because uh, you you finished you Unica's route, right? Yes. Great. Was there anything you specifically noticed in East Origin that shows up in one of the other East games you've played? Definitely the the whole mentioning of especially fact that was well because I knew about him from the anime yeah sure no, 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 of course you had he's the he's the final boss of east one I, I imagined he would be in the anime the centipede boss fight was was that pretty. also was, was that also in the anime or something else oh no that's um he's nine he's nine right right uh avoiding some spoilers for east nine uh adol has to fight some enemies from his memory or from his past in that game and one of them is the big centipede I don't. I don't know the anim- the boss names in this game because they're all nonsense words. Like 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 what? what Manted. One okay, that um, one's easy. That one's easier than usual. One of them. One of them is like Valagundar or something that made it, that I thought was sounded like Val Kilmer. Um, <laughs> I I'm, I'm not going to try to uh, remember all of them. But uh, the gist of East Origin is you're in the tower from East One. These are characters and ancestors from um, of characters from East One, and you're going up that tower. And uh, the the six large demon bosses that are behind uh, medallion doors are each a boss in East One or Two, and um, a lot of the other bosses are have uh, other East connections. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I, and it's not exactly the same for Unica and and Hugo. I think. Uh, with with Unica, you fight uh, uh, you. Well, what's her name? Uh, you you fight Epona uh, like after the first boss. Well, in Hugo, Epona he fights Epona, then the first boss right at, right after her. And uh, I believe Unica fights Kishgal twice, and Hugo fights Kishgal once and Toal twice. Like just uh, they all fight the six demons, but the their human uh, enemies are encountered in different orders or or different numbers of times. And uh, 
we, I, we mentioned Kishgal and Epona. They're two uh, people of the Darkling race, which are from outside east. They live in the very harsh wilderness uh, outside the, the the haven that was created by the goddesses. Uh, and the Darklings or the Tribe of Darkness show up as as villains or recurring enemies um, in all of the East games after the reboot. Uh, and I wanted to ask you, did you notice something specific about Kishgal's moveset? It seemed very familiar, but I wasn't quite sure. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm being unfair here. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, one of the main characters in East Memories of Celseta is a woman who uses a Naginata I've... or a halberd. Uh, yeah, Frida fights with a halberd and has a lot of ice attacks, just like Kishgal. And Frida's village is descend is a hidden village of descendants of the tribes tribe of darkness. Um, and, and there's another connection to. Uh, uh, memories of Celsetta and the Tribe of Darkness. I, we don't need to go into, but um, but like like even though Memories of Celsetta was made a couple years after Origin, like they're still trying to carry through these references. Celsetta is like, like having Frida in Celsetta, and she's probably my favorite or second favorite character in Celsetta. Uh, she's 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 awesome. And but, she was um somehow connected to what's his name Geist from E Seven, um or E Six or something. He's from E Six and Seven. Uh, she, I think, I think, uh, I think she trained him because, uh, yeah, yeah. Geis also fights with a halberd and he's like Adol's rival trying to, um, solve the secret of the island, just like Adol is in E6, but then joins the party in E7. And, um, I think some of his moves are similar because like he trained with Frida or something, but Frida is a descendant of the tribe of darkness and has moves similar to Kishgal. While, uh, I, I think... I think Geist also has a connection to the tribe of darkness because he and his, because his brother is the main villain of E6 and is trying to do some dastardly tribe of darkness thing. I, I don't, I don't remember E6 that well. Uh, <laughs> it's been a long time since uh, I played just, it. It's interesting how they were trying to connect them so much. Yeah. Like that's just how Falcom works. They love having games build upon their previous games and connect with other games because they know that it's, it's like a, it's like being a fan of the Marvel cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. They eat up every single reference and connection uh, that make people feel like they're, they're, they're seeing a larger whole, the whole spelled W H O L E that, that enriches the overall experience. And I think that East has done a really good job with that over the years. I, I don't think there's been a bad one, since e e6 even though i thought i like some more than others of course but let's go into my east history a little bit because i uh, i'm being a little unfair asking audra to uh to spill her um guts on what on how she played all of them i uh disliked east for about 10 years i uh like when i was trying to play all of the big super nintendo rpgs in the early 2000s i came across wanderers from east and I knew East only a little bit by reputation. It's like, oh, this is an older series. They have a bunch of uh, great soundtracks. There's remixes of them on OC Remix, all that, all that jazz. So I tried Wanderers from East and thought it was bad. It's like this is like a worse, I don't know, like the action sequences in Act Razor or or a worse Ghosts and Goblins or something. I, I I did not like Wanderers from East, but then. Many years later, I uh, one of my friends in university is a big East fan, and and I tell him that East sucks, and he and he asks me to reconsider. And I listen to a bunch of uh, podcasts in the early 2010s, including RPG fans, uh, Random Encounter and Rhythm Encounter, and uh, people like uh, Derek Heemsberg and former host of Random Encounter are it, like he is espousing how good East has been over the past several years. And again, this is the early 2010s. 
So I decided in, I forget the year. I have to look it up. It was either 2014 or 2014, uh, excuse me, 2014 or 2015, because I know I, I had just joined RPG fan as staff by then. I decided to just um, get a couple East games in a steam sale and play them. Uh, I played Oath and Felgana first, then one, then one and two, then origin, then seven. And, and now this is where it gets my memory gets shaky. Then I played the East versus Kiseki Trails fighting game, which I which is a game I love and will defend forever. It's a it's a PSP game. It was oh, I actually have the, I haven't played it, but my yeah, sister got me an import copy of it. Yeah, like getting certain Japanese imports is really quite inexpensive. Like like a lot of the time, a Japanese copy of an RPG is way cheaper than the North American version, uh, especially if it's if it's made uh, uh, for an old for an older system. Then I played six, and then from Celsetta onwards, I played each of them basically the year they came out. I've played all of the ones that have come out in English, but uh, it started out with me playing like six East games in five months in <laughs> uh, six or seven years ago when I uh, when I binged a bunch of them at once. And I haven't played East Origins since that binge. So uh, I, again, I'm playing through Hugo's route now, but it's my first time playing East Origin in, let's say, six years. Uh, and... Uh, Hugo and Unica play very differently. Like uh, um, Audrey, you've played Felgana and Origin. Um, is, Unica's really similar to Adal, except like her, she has a smash instead of a dash for her topaz move, and I, I think her her wind move with the fan is a little smoother. Like what notice? What differences have you noticed? Basically, just more that she has the axe animations more than. <laughs> I mean, I haven't. I. She's maybe not as fast as Adel. Yeah, I think um, the dash in this game is just only a medium speed. It's it's not the most blazing fast dash you've ever tried, but you can upgrade the dash through the goddess With statues. With the divine blessing. Yeah, you got to collect a lot of points for those divine blessings. Um, mm-hmm. Upgrade everything from your armor to your spells to your dash to the drop rates. I'm I'm saving up for a drop rate. I think I'm pretty close to getting um to getting extra SP drops. Ooh, that would be but good. That reminds me, this is true also in uh, Felgana, but maybe even more so here. <laughs> this game sometimes feels like an arcade game to me because it's 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 one it's one level, one contiguous level. It's not really an open world RPG or anything. Um, there's no town or anything, but you can go back for weapon upgrades and skill upgrades. But enemies are always dropping stuff, uh, the, like and sometimes they drop SP currency for upgrades. Sometimes they drop health. Sometimes they'll drop temporary attack or defense bonuses that can stack. You have a you have a soup you have a sort of super mode button that refills quite quickly, so you can go you can go into super mode practically every third or fourth enemy encounter. It, it's 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 fast paced. You're always hacking and slashing enemies and picking up items. It, like again, it feels like I'm playing a shmup sometimes, like Gradius. Yeah, it actually does have that feel now that you said that. I quite like the um did you have you gotten the super move yet? One of the ruse will actually upgrade your super move to like a really powerful one if you're playing Unica. Oh, I I oh shoot, I vaguely remember that. I haven't gotten it yet in this playthrough. Um I I've, I've only fought I think uh four, four maybe five story bosses. Yeah, I'd, I'd spam that sucker a lot. <laughs> All right, yeah, but but again, you're like always building a meter. Your magic meter recovers mm-hmm. quickly, so you can use your magic your three spells, which again are, are a wind, uh, thunder, and fire one for each character. For unit for Unica, it's a she gets a spin, a smash, and a fireball, 
and Hugo, I haven't gotten his fire spell yet, but Hugo gets a shield that lets him levitate a little bit, a uh, a, a bomb that he can plant and detonate at, at will, and I think his last one is like is like a spinning uh, circle of fire around him because that's something that uh, that Dark Fact did in in old uh, uh. East One, and but in Dark Fact didn't exactly he definitely had his uh, his and but uh, again uh, Hugo has these two floating eyes of fact which are like little drones that float around him uh kind of kind of like a reedy in the game we played last month for the podcast oh yeah and he and every time he fires he fires a little ball of light from his wand and his little drones fire in so he gets like a, a triple spread again kind of like you're playing a shmup and in the super mode he gets uh, his drones double and he shoots out five beams instead of three so but but also he doesn't lock on to enemies and always fires directly in front of him. So sometimes it's weird positioning around to properly fire enemies, and a lot of the time it's me just throwing on a shield or dropping a mine and getting right into the enemy's face, just circling them and firing beams. Because <clears throat> he can't, he can move and fire. He's not, he's not interrupted by like sort of. He's not driven by his combo the way Unica is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can. But <laughs> positioning for Hugo gets a little weird, and sometimes I play him a little too recklessly. So is he kind of like renegade from? East nine, then a little bit, yeah. Like imagine if, if Renegade was faster and yeah. could and had uh and and had a shield that you that would tank one hit for you. Um, it's you know Renegade does have a little bit of Hugo fact in them. Now that I think about that, that wasn't the connection I had made. Uh, but <laughs> like again, Hugo and Unica play completely differently, and there is a third character. That unlock and uh, Audrey, you of course know this because you've already beaten the game recently. There's a yes. third character that unlocks when you beat either of the first two routes. And I under I haven't played his route, but I understand that his goes to uh, a deeper story place that is sort of the, the true ending of the game to a degree. But we'll we'll talk about him in the next episode. We'll see if I can beat his route as well uh, in the next in the yeah, next. I'm gonna try to beat his too. I thought he was interesting for the two seconds he showed up in my playthrough. <laughs> Yeah, he he shows up more in Hugo's playthrough. I think I've already met up, uh, met up with him for far longer than two seconds, but because I know there's spoilers with him. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into those in the next episode. But again, there is a third playable character. It's a him, and we will both try to at least mess around with him uh, before we record ne- in in another week. But again, uh, like fast paced action. Uh, a lot of connections to past East games, connections that carry on to, fu- to future East games. Um, Falcom getting real weird and deep with their lore. Uh, but we haven't talked about the dungeon itself. Uh, it, again, this is a tower that I believe goes up to 25 or 30 floors. And I think it's 25. I okay, right. And, and for the most part, you'll go through three or four floors and then fight a boss. Then there'll be some story stuff. And then, you, and then the next floor will be a completely different style of dungeon or even biome than the previous floor like like the first floor is basically just floating blocks the second floor has a lot of water and even some underwater and and flooding segments uh, where you have to manage your oxygen and then the uh the third one is i think mostly flames and fire uh, i i know there's a i know that i know there's a sand one there's later. the sand one that you have the quicksand and then the like slippery sand <laughs> right there's the mirror there's like a hall of mirrors that hall of mirrors is from East One. East One, the last, the last couple floors of the tower have a bunch of mirrors. It's it's like mirror puzzles and teleporter puzzles, and I'd, I'd have to double check for origin. But my my favorite East song of all time plays in that mirror area, 
in old in the oldies games. I'll, I, I think I'm going to talk about that on an episode of Rhythm Encounter later this year. And there's something called like the Demon Corridor, which is or, or oh, yeah, some the, kind of corridor with a poison. Yeah, it, there's poison and blood and monster mm-hmm. stuff in it. Yeah, I, I remember that one. I think that that's where Mantid is, right? Another thing besides the, this lore that the East is known for and, and the intense gameplay are these in, are intense boss fights. Uh, I was doing okay this playthrough and um, until I accidentally blew myself up against the centipede. Um, I, 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 I your uh, Hugo is immune to his own mine explosions, but I basically dropped so many mine explosions in one place that I didn't notice the centipede throwing his own explosive uh, orbs at me. So I, I, I've fortunately only died a couple times, but in, I know in these games it is commonplace to die many times against some boss fights. Uh, did, what did you think of the variety of the boss battles and the challenge level of them? I thought they, the challenge was pretty good. I did have to retry a few of them. And I really like that they have a retry option that just opens up the second set. You don't have to go through getting to the boss again. <laughs> Yeah, but they also give you give you the option of going back to the title screen and to the last save point in case you think you need to grind some more or something. I had to actually one time I forgot to upgrade my weapons. Oh well, yeah, that'll do it. Yep. So I had to do Mac track. If you, if Unica hasn't hasn't upgraded her axe in five hours, then maybe it's time to yeah, wait. Wait, but backtrack. You you um you didn't use any fast travel. Oh no, I I did. That's oh, okay. what I'm... <laughs> For a second, I thought you didn't know how to use fast travel, and then I and then I was really worried. No, I learned that one pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I was confused a little bit because I, I think the the last East game I played, uh, well, the last East game I played was definitely nine, and and nine lets you fast travel everywhere. But um, even late games at, games after Origin, like seven and Celsetta, they let you tra- teleport from save point to save point by going to a save point. But in this game, you have to go into your menu and use the crystal. Yeah, they did a lot of. You had to use items specifically in this game. Like, you'd have to go into the inventory screen and select it and for a bunch of the items, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, you have to do that for the crystal that protects you from the force field early on and for the item that lets you breathe underwater much better. Mm-hmm. Um, they, there's basically a little bit of inventory clunkiness that maybe is a, a, a little bit reminiscent of playing an East game on the on the NES or PC Engine or whatever you played it on. But uh, that that is kind of how East a lot of old East works. It's not really a Metroidvania game, but it is a multi dungeon zone where revisiting and and judicious use of items is how you progress. But it, it but it's it's less like a true Metroidvania because I know uh, Audra, you and I were on a, a Metroidvania episode of a podcast not long ago. Yes, we were. Yeah, so I know you know a little bit about that stuff at least. But it, like, East really isn't a Metroidvania. It's an action RPG that has weird event flagging and weird item use. Because there's a lot of you can't go here until you do this in ways that isn't very clearly communicated, especially in like East 1 and East 6. Oh, like the, um, the one thing that I had huge difficulty with in Origin was actually that hidden eye mask. Oh, yeah. I never knew when I needed to use that. So it, you, it would take me forever to actually figure out, oh, I need to look around for something to find out what I have to do next. Yeah, it's it's and it's there's not many times you have to do it. It's only, I think, three or four mm-hmm. times the whole game. But it's like you have to look, oh, there's a wall with a design on it or this mirror has a different border around it than these other mirrors like that. that or kind here's of thing. an invisible bridge. Yeah, yeah. exactly. 
and and when you put on the mask you can't see enemies so that's a mm-hmm. th- th- that's a fun twist but uh yeah you get the you get the mask like really early on like 30 minutes into the game and they have you using it in the last segment of the the last dungeon segment of the game so they, they don't let you forget it no and you can't unfortunately you can't sell items in this one <laughs> yeah no you fill up every inventory slot if i if if memory serves or you or you can if you if you go around and find everything but mm-hmm. that's sort of what's rewarding about east is like there's there's a bunch of hidden stuff you can there's a a, a minor collectathon that can be really helpful later in the game there's cool boss fights they the story is not very long like did the game i, I imagine the game took you 10 hours or less right yeah it was pretty much 10 hours maybe 11 yeah and if you replay this game with the third character you'll you'll know the at least the skeleton of how to proceed and you've seen these bosses before so it'll probably go faster mm-hmm. i wonder if he has new bosses though i think he has some new bosses uh i i messed around with him briefly when i played this game six years ago and i know that uh because he starts out sort of as a bad guy he fights a couple people that are in your party oh like because it, it's not just Unica and Hugo in the in the cat in the dungeon. I, no, I know it's I, a whole bunch of people. Yeah, I know you knew this, Audra. This is for the listener benefit, I guess. <laughs> uh, but the uh, it's a search party looking for Fina and Rhea who have gone missing. So there's about maybe eight to ten people that are hanging out uh, that you interact with frequently. Some some of which are probably or or some definitely some probably ancestors of characters in East One. Like there's a there's a shopkeeper or a fortune teller in East One that looks exactly like, uh, oh shoot, I, I, I think Sedana, or do you know what I mean? The, the, the woman with silver hair? Uh, I thought it was Kaidina. Kaidina, <laughs> that's it. Or, um, yeah, like uh, there's a woman in East One that looks a lot like her, so I'm wondering if that's a, uh, if there's a connection there. Uh, like a um, throwback. Yeah, but th- like th- there's a, a bunch of characters in east origin that are very minor that you don't really see in battle but i know that the third character fights one or two of them in boss fights Ooh, that's interesting because one of them is like his is like his second boss in the game like where i stopped playing with him um uh i forget, I forget that guy's name too it's 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 the it's the male knight whose his name starts with an h you, you know who i mean uh, galleon yeah, Galleon, that's it. That's right. That's right. I I was okay. That's not an H at all, but that, that I believe that is who I'm referring to. I think Galleon is an early boss for the third character, if memory serves. I'd have to go back and and uh, play it for sure. Um, but again, there's uh, it's not just enemies and and light puzzles in the dungeon. Uh, there's a, a bunch of items to collect. We went over those. Oh, those are those uh funny little Rue animals. Mm-hmm. That look like a combination of rabbits, kangaroos, and and maybe and maybe squirrels. Ah, the roos. You definitely want to find them and help them out because they they help you out a lot. <laughs> they'll give you Claria ore. They'll give you gems to upgrade your spells. Uh, I, I I think uh, you, you mentioned that one of them uh, gives you a super move that I don't remember from playing this game a long time ago. Yeah, it's like a new of the boost. When you oh, have a full boost meter, burst meter, I can't remember exactly what it's called. I, I think it is burst, yeah. So an upgrade for the burst meter. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a Rue in East 9 that is uh, that plays a pretty large role. And can yes, spe- that one talks. Yeah, yeah, that one speaks, uh, 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 can speak human tongue. I, I don't think any of the Rues in other games do, because they, you see them occasionally 
in other East games, but they're always sort of in the background or part of a very minor collecting side quest, like, like an East origin. I think, I think they're in East six. They're the Moogles without talking. Well, I guess I'd make them Moombas. Yeah, no, they can be the Moogles or the, or, or the slimes of this game. Cause they do speech speak and, Moog, and most Moogles can only say Koopo or variants thereof. So yeah, calling them the Moogles of East, I think is fair. Uh, Maybe the maybe the slimes of East, but one that, but East actually has their own slimes. So you know, uh, yeah, put put that one back in the drawer. But uh, Audra, you have finished Unica's route. Uh, is there anything you're specifically looking forward to when you try out Hugo or the third character over the next week? I want to know more about Epona. I actually quite liked her, but she isn't in Unica's route a ton. She's she shows up more frequently in Hugo's route. I think that I think they've cl- already talked three separate times, and, and I'm and I'm at maybe at the halfway point. Oh, cool! So yeah, and it, it, I want to learn more about Hugo in general because yeah, he kind of he comes into Unica's route really late and then doesn't stick around for too often. Hugo has a completely different tone from Unica. I I, I know you you don't necessarily. I'm not asking you to finish the game again. But at least play Hugo's route for twenty minutes, just to just to <laughs> just to get a feel for how haughty and how much of a jerk he is. <laughs> and, I, and I know he hooks up with someone at the end of the game because I we know he he has a descendant dark fact in uh, in East One, but I'm, I just don't know if it's going to be the quiet uh, shrine priestess or Epona because I, I think I would do I would I would put it fifty fifty between those two ladies. Oh yeah, I could probably see either way from what I've gathered. I for, I forget her name though the the healer that's in the group, you, you know. Miusha. Oh yeah, oh yeah, like, like something like, weird. Yeah, like 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 Mush or or mm-hmm. it's it's like M I U S C H E or something. Uh, right. God, I'm so bad. What are those fantasy names. names that's hard to pronounce? Yeah, fantasy names with like with I don't know way too many consonants, sometimes way too many vowels. But yeah, it's. I, I I've gotten worse at remembering Japanese names and fantasy names, uh, even though I spend a lot of time podcasting about both of those things. I, I I go a little crazy if I try to play two Yakuza games close together because all the Japanese names just overwhelm me, and the sto- and I I stop understanding the story. That not recommended. <laughs> but uh, we're not here to talk about Yakuza or fantasy names. We're still in East Origin, but we're I think we've come close to running out of topics to talk about. I want to get into the end game. And uh, and how the third character behaves, and uh, and maybe some more discussion about boss fights, but there uh, that is something we probably should save for the second episode. Um, but this game, uh, a playthrough was maybe around ten hours, but because there are three story paths that ha- that have different characters and some different boss fights, even though the, the lay I think the layout of the dungeon is the same for everybody. Uh, yeah, I think that's one of the things people said was a little. Yeah, tricky. Like, made it feel like it dragged on, perhaps. Yeah, it's it's. it's, I mean, the dungeon is good, and the in the platforming is way better than the platforming in Oath and Felgana, which is which is not a high bar to cross. But uh, (laughs) but like the platforming and the action is a little smoother, and the dungeon's cool. The problem is if it it is a bit, it is a big ask to run through a ten-hour game three times when the dungeon is exactly the same. 
Um, I guess at least they all have different abilities, though. So. Oh yeah, no, the characters feel completely different to play. Mm-hmm. Um, again, from my brief memory of experimenting with the third character, and uh, half of the and half of the game is Hugo, and the full game is Unica in my in my uh, resume, I suppose. But the uh, res- resumes don't matter here. Uh, I-, I guess answering the question that I presented to you a few minutes ago, Audra. The thing I want to see is just um, Hugo's ending because I know I, I know who the characters at the end of this game are, and uh, I, I want to see if Hugo, again, who's who's coming from a, a position of sort of more arrogance than Unica. I want to I want to see his interactions with Zava and Dallas and their and the rest of the uh, final enemies in this game, and and also I want to I want to see if I can seriously. Uh, go through the third character's route. So I have a lot of video games ahead of me to play. I, um, when I'm not playing East Origin, I am thinking of the next Yakuza game or uh, Tales of Arise, which I am partway through, or uh, Shin Megami Tensei. Oh, lucky. I have it, but I haven't been able to play it yet. Oh, it, so. it's real good. It's real good. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a long-time Tales fan. I've said, talked about it on podcasts before, and Tales of Arise feels different from other Tales games, but not in a bad way. In a, in a oh, this is interesting, and I want to play some more of it way. Um, and uh, and uh, and I have Shin Megami Tensei Five on deck, and I have my ongoing obsession of Monster Hunter hitting me hard again for a reason for reasons that are not easy to explain. I don't like I I I, I guess I guess I, we saw those trailers in September, and that got me that got me you know um get that got me the itch again. But uh, we're not talking about Monster Hunter or Yakuza or Tales or Shin Megami Tensei this week although we have talked about those on this podcast many times before, we're talking East and we are saving the rest of our East origin discussion for the next episode. But speaking of the next episodes, um, let's talk about the next couple episodes of retro encounter. Shall we? We have uh, 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 again, part two of East origin next week. Then we're doing episodes on imposter factory, final fantasy five, and a new final fantasy 14 episode coming in December. I think that final fantasy 14 episode is going to be, retro encounters last ff14 episode for a long time <laughs> uh we i like we did four ff14 episodes earlier this year and i think this last one is going to be sort of our cap off our finisher to the fi- uh, final Four- fantasy 14 retro encounter saga but that's coming in december um again along with one episode on the imposter factory and two episodes on final fantasy 5 um rpg fan also has uh three other fine podcasts that we support there's random encounter which is about uh current events and randomness and random topics uh, audrey audrey you and i were on random earlier this week talking about castlevania yes that was fun that was fun castlevania another one of my old uh obsessive series that that uh which uh, whose obsession obsession comes and goes for me because that's kind of how i that's how my brain works i guess Uh, and also rhythm encounter which is about rpg music i uh i'm recording an episode of rhythm encounter pretty soon so i think i'm 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 on a december episode that is that in which east is going to feature a little bit so oh well definitely it has great music oh yeah i'm i am there is one east song that i am bringing to rhythm encounter i'm not sure exactly when it airs but it'll be sometime in the next month or month and a half uh and also there is phoenix edge rpg fans partner podcast which uh is a uh 
excuse me, a <clears throat> a live recorded podcast hosted by Hat and Eric, usually recorded on YouTube about a wide variety of topics. Sometimes they're weekly, sometimes they're more like bi-weekly, but they are always interesting along with Random Encounter and Rhythm Encounter and Retro Encounter, which you're listening to right now. You can review Retro Encounter and those other three podcasts on Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify or however you're listening to us. There's also a lot of other ways to interact with RPG Fan. You can email us, retro at rpgfan.com. I check that email every day. There's also, you can commenting on RPG Fan's message boards and main page. Visit our, the RPG Fan Facebook page, the Instagram page, the Twitter account, the Discord server, the YouTube channel, the Twitch channel, something streaming every day on Twitch, uh, and reviews, features, and podcasts going up every day on that main website. Please give us feedback however you can give us feedback, uh, whether it's on um, uh, those podcast <clears throat> applications or directly on one of RPG Fan's main websites. But uh, Audra, if... Uh, if a listener were to want to get in contact with you, how should they do so? Um, probably best way is through email, B at rpgfan.com. And listeners, you probably shouldn't email me. I do have an RPG fan email, but it is full of uh, spam from being on E3 lists and having my email published for a little bit too long. The best way to reach me is Twitter. I am at the Real Monsoon most of the time, at Evoker for Dogs other times. And on the RPG fan Discord, I am Monsoon Mike. But let's see, we it's not really a monsoon, but there is some kind of weird perpetual storm going on in East, like outside of that tower. Like the, the goddesses protected East, but the outside is a complete mess. But in later East games, a thousand years later, we know that it's basically a, a temperate, like, like fake Europe, right? Yes, I believe so. I wonder how they end up resolving that. Maybe it's something from East Origin that I don't remember. But maybe it'll come back to me. Maybe I'll have to re-experience it uh, again. Uh, listeners, thank you for experiencing this podcast with us. Thank you. Good night and good luck.